one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Janikin. Merry Christmas, Desi. It's coming soon. <laughs> Wait, right? this isn't our Christmas episode. No, but that's well, fine. Well, you We're, know what? You're in the spirit. I'm in the Christmas spirit right now. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Okay. What are we doing today? Well... This week, we're going to talk about the longtime reality TV show, The Bachelor, and its spinoffs, The Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, as well as the most recent version, The Golden Bachelor. It has seen its fair share of drama, scandals, and yes, even crimes. (gasps) What do you think Melon feels about that? Melon's very excited. He's going off right now. And it should come as no surprise, considering the concept of the show is very um, manufactured for high drama. You've watched a few seasons. Right? I did watch. A f- I have seen maybe three or four seasons of both each, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Okay. But I didn't start watching it until the Juan Pablo season. Oh. That is the first season of The Bachelor I've ever watched and I don't think it will ever get better than that season for me personally. Well, I actually watched from the beginning <gasps> and I stopped watching. Is that like Trista and Ryan? Yes. Is well, that-, that was the first Bachelorette, but she was a contestant on the first season of The Bachelor and was rejected. So she was a fan favorite. She was a fan favorite because everyone thought the guy should have picked her and he picked the younger girl. Mm. Um and then she was the first bachelorette. And she kind of established the um, trend now where the next season of whatever is a losing contestant from the previous previous bachelor or bachelorette. Who everyone loved. Yeah, it's usually a fan favorite. Sometimes it's not, and people get mad. Right. Like, there's always sort of a clear front runner. And when that person isn't picked, everyone's like, what? Right. So... You were going to explain the, what the premise of The Bachelor is. Right. If you don't know, it's basically um, you're throwing a ton of fame-hungry singles together. They're all vying for the same guy or gal. And they're also vying for the attention of the TV audience. A lot of these people are hoping to launch themselves into stardom or at least a lucrative influencer <laughs> type deal. Like It's now, very clear. Now more than ever, probably. Yeah, because once it became a thing, I'm sure like the early seasons, people were really like, oh, it's a dating show. They were in it for the right reasons. Maybe. <laughs> a, little, they were, a little bit more. A little, maybe the a right little reasons, more. but still not there to make friends. Yeah. Um, so there are so many scandals in this world. We're going to just scratch the surface today. My sources are Bachelor Nation, Inside the World's, <laughs> Inside the World of America's Favorite Guilty Pleasure by Amy Kaufman. There's a lot of various cast member memoirs, which I'll reference throughout, and some news interviews and stories that I'll also reference during those segments, and my own damn memory Mm. as a source, sometimes. Well, I want to talk about the Juan Pablo season when we get there. 
I actually have to say, after writing this, I was like, I need to go back and watch this show because it is, it is really good. (laughs) Like sometimes there's a season that's kind of a bum season. Yeah. But as far as like a main, you know, network type reality show, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And I also enjoyed watching Bachelor in Paradise too. I watched the first couple seasons of that. I watched the first couple seasons and I actually had a very funny Facebook you know how you get like memories and it was just like me, my niece saying something to me on Facebook and she was like, Oh my God, I can't believe so-and-so. And And I I was like, I have no idea what the fuck she was talking about. And I looked up the names. I just Googled the names together and it was bachelor in paradise season. one. (laughs) Was it about Claire? I can't remember who it was. Well, I can't wait to talk about Claire when we get there. Um, so yeah, we're we're going to start with the most recent scandal and that revolves around this season of the Bachelor franchise and that was the Golden Bachelor. Did you watch this? I did not. Um I have to say it was big on social media and I was kind of like, oh, maybe I should check that out cuz people were really praising it high, well, giving it high praise, right? It was an interesting twist on the franchise. And I like that he had older women, like it was age appropriate. Uh, women contestants. It or, wasn't just like the an old dude with all the women the same age. Yeah. <laughs> so the Golden Bachelor was he's the, a senior, a senior citizens bachelor. Yes. So people were considering it the most heartwarming season yet, and it was immediately a fan favorite. Um, it had an ideal leading man. He was a seventeen seventy two year old man named. Gary, it's spelled Jerry though. So I actually had to write Gary. Wait, how how is it spelled? J I'm sorry. G E R R Y. Gary. Gary. But that looks like Jerry. It does look like Jerry. I had to write Gary in my in my notes because I know I knew I would keep messing up. Yeah. Um so he was a he was billed as a retired restaurateur. Um, he was persuaded to do the show by his daughter after losing his wife of 43 years. Now, in the season premiere, heartstrings were being tugged as everyone watched Gary cry, talking about his beloved wife, Tony, who unexpectedly died just one month after they moved into their dream retirement home. <gasps> and this is about six years ago. So pretty... Um, pretty sad story. He says on the show that he had been unable to date since uh, his wife had passed away. But as with most things reality TV show, a Hollywood Reporter article exposed this <gasps> blockbuster um, sort of lies that Gary had been peddling. No. Now, this is not criminal in any way, but it was a huge scandal because, like I said, this guy was like America's sweetheart mm. um, outside of me, of course. Now, in this interview, in this Hollywood Reporter expose, They interviewed a woman that's called Carolyn in the article, and she made numerous claims that indicated that Gary was not the sad sack sweetheart he is portrayed to be on the show. What? According to Carolyn, she hooked up with Gary a month after his wife died. Stop it. And they were together for over two and a half years, including (laughs) living together for almost two of those, that period. (laughs) I mean, I have to say, I try not to be judgmental, you know me. Yeah. But- a month after your wife dies, your wife of 40... I mean, that's that's cutting it close, <laughs> right? Maybe you fuck someone. Maybe. Look, we all Maybe. process grief differently. Maybe. But 
anyway, I mean, maybe he's older and he's like, I got to get going on this. I don't want to judge, but I will say that I, I would understand if people were given a little side eye to him, like in his life. I'm not saying it. I'd have to know more about who he is. Like maybe it's out of the norm. Maybe mm. he's uh, wild and out because he is, like you said, so in such grief. He's, he meets Miss New Booty. Yeah. And he's like, I got to tap that. Finally. Finally. Like, it's just like, <laughs> I'm finally free. <laughs> anyway, so she moves. She she says that once they started living together, she noticed a huge difference in Gary's personality. She moved into his home, the home he was going to have with his wife, right? This dream, whatever. And he started having her pay half of the rent and half of the household expenses. Wow. Which she did. In addition to that, um, he told Caroline that they would only ever split bills when eating out, except on special occasions. He would pick up the tab. Come on. <laughs> and then... Look, I, I believe in going Dutch. I just don't believe in making like a set hard rule. I agree. I think it should be like a, a natural flow. Like sometimes you get the tab, sometimes he gets the tab, sometimes you split. Who gives a fuck? I just don't want like a initial, this is the way it's going to be when we go dine. It's controlling. It's controlling and it's a little like uptight. Yeah. And he was apparently kind of uptight in other ways too. He was very neat and um, very, you know, into hygiene, extreme hygiene. And he also required her to make the bed every morning before she got up to get breakfast. Why didn't he make the bed? I have no idea. Did he eat her pussy? She didn't say. Well, that's... That's where the Hollywood Reporter failed us. That's important information. (laughs) Now, she said this lifestyle change and how he kind of changed when she moved in with him brought on a lot of stress which led to her gaining 10 pounds, and that became an issue for him as well. No. He refused to take her to his high school reunion, saying, I'm not taking you to the reunion looking like that. Stop it. Yes. If your partner is mad about you gaining 10 pounds, get rid of them. Well, she that was the final straw for her. Good. And she did dump him uh, after that. So this was pretty shocking uh, when this article came out, because this was not the Gary we were seeing on TV. Now, did this article come out while the season was still airing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, because it just ended. It just ended. So they got corroborating evidence. A waitress at a local restaurant said that she saw Gary dating several women um, sort of since his wife's death, death, like longer term, ter- term things that didn't work out. These weren't just like dates or one night stands or hanging out with a friend. Um, and as I said, none of this is illegal, but it was just very different than what Gary was selling. He would go on to say that he did date a number of women, but then it becomes an issue of how you define what a relationship is. So he played that little, he can tell he probably said the same thing to the women he was dating. (laughs) Like, what's a relationship? And he's like, but I want to focus on what's going on now which is also kind of a, a thing that people who do wrong love to do. They're like, let's just move forward. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because you don't want to deal with your lies in the yeah. past. Um, so fans got really upset about this because, as I said, this was a huge social media thing. People were feeling – people like to feel good about things, and when it's taken from them, mm. they can feel very betrayed. Yeah. I mean, we're sold sob stories and heartwarming stories on reality competition shows. That is a – that is a core part of the reality competition show is the heartwarming or sob story. And when that 
the facts belie those stories, it can be devastating as a fan. Well, one person on Twitter wrote, um, because I remember I mentioned he was a retired restaurateur. She said his restaurant was a burger stand and he sold it in 1985. He's been working (laughs) odd jobs since then, including maintenance and installing hot tubs. Now, there's nothing (laughs) wrong with that. But that is very funny that he called, he, he like upsold himself. Yeah. One person wrote, this guy is a sleazy rat. <laughs> if this is true, Gary is a 75 year old waste man. That's crazy. Wait, wait <laughs> these waste? are tweet. These are tweets. Okay. He's a wasteoid, basically. Oh, okay. Another person commented, finding out Gary Turner is actually for the streets was not in my bachelor <laughs> bingo card, but here we are. <laughs> And then my favorite, because it's so dramatic. How many of you have ever felt personally victimized by Gary Turner? Oh, that's like a Mean Girls reference. Yeah. Like he, people were just like upset. Yeah. So I'm not going to say who he picked. But obviously this was a very dramatic um, after the final rose. Because the woman he did not pick who was in the final two was very upset. And she laid into Gary at this after the final rose. Now the after the final rose is sort of like the bachelor's reunion episode. After the, after all the episodes have aired, they bring everybody back onto the stage with, who is the guy's name again? Chris Hansen. Well, that's Chris Harrison was who it was. Oh, well, not anymore. We'll we'll get into that. that. We'll get into that. (laughs) They bring everyone back. In like a live studio audience and basically all the women, all the women, or if it's the bachelorette, all the men. And they basically, this is the contestants opportunity to lay into the bachelor or bachelorette. Like if there yeah. was any wrong, well, I, you said in the hot tub, you exactly. know, let's roll the footage back and see what you actually said to me versus what really went down. And there have actually been some very dramatic after the rose after the final rose um, episodes, I will get into some of those later. But this one was also dramatic. Um, and part of the beef that the runner-up had with Gary is that he told both women that he loved them. <gasps> That's a cardinal sin. That is a cardinal sin on The Bachelor. Um, Gary told this woman that he just had a change of plans and they didn't include her. That's how he broke the news to her. He said, I've fallen in love with blank, and that's the direction I'm going to take. And he said to her on After the Final Rose, the kisses were nicer, the hugs were sweeter with the woman he picked. And then the runner-up said to him, we weren't off, you were off. (laughs) (laughs) So a pretty dramatic end to what was supposedly a heartwarming uh, you know, season. Yeah. So over the years, there have been many incidents of cast members saying or doing racist things. A lot of this is faving social media posts, tweets from high school. Like there's a variety. It's like these contestants have done it all right? Uh, as far as that, but it includes those type of things. But probably the incident with the biggest fallout was what happened with contestant Rachel Kirkconnell. <gasps> now... Uh. In season 25, The Bachelor made news again when they announced that they had cast their first black bachelor, a man named Matt James. After after the premiere, it was pretty obvious to viewers that Matt had an immediate connection with 24-year-old graphic designer Rachel Kirkconnell. But almost immediately after airing, a scandal started brewing. A TikTok user named at Maddie Beerster 
who claims that she went to high school with Rachel, posted a video on on TikTok accusing Rachel of teasing her in the past for liking black men. Girly, remember when you bullied me in high school for liking black guys, the video said, which then shows footage of Rachel and Matt chatting on night one. This video went viral and Maddie is messaged by other people who claim they also experienced racist behavior and bullying from Rachel, either in high school or college. The allegations against her didn't stop at bullying, though, because a TikTok user named Feminist Mama, she came through with receipts of Rachel um, Rachel's concerning social media activity. Uh-oh. In the video were screenshots of Rachel's account showing cultural appropriation, liking posts of Trump-supporting friends, wearing MAGA hats, sharing QAnon-type theories to her account, and more. Wow. Now, while the show is obviously airing at this time, it's all been filmed months before. Right. So cast members had to be really careful when speaking out, and obviously Matt James had this extra expectation or burden on him because he was the first black bachelor. Also... This was very recent, right? Yeah. That's only from like 2021, I think. That's the first Black Bachelor? Yeah. It's 2021? Season 25. This show's been on since like 2001. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. There's been contestants. Of course. Black contestants. I mean, like, do you know what I mean? Like vying for the attention, but the first lead. But the first main guy. Yeah. Yeah. Is Mm -hmm. 2021. Yep. That's crazy. Absolutely. So he makes a statement with Entertainment Tonight that is obviously pretty vague because he probably is under a lot of restrictions about what he can and cannot say. Yeah. It's a pretty... Um, he said he hasn't spoken to anybody since this, the show has ended. Um, and he, he said people need to be careful of what they do on social media. And rumors can also be dark and nasty and can ruin people's lives. So I would give people... The benefit of the doubt, and I hope Rachel will have her time to speak on that. So it's a pretty um, basic ask because he probably had it written for him by the show too, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but the scandals keep coming for Rachel. So in February of 2021, pictures emerge of Rachel at an Old South antebellum themed party. No, yes. This is a long Reddit thread that provides details about these um, this event as well as photos. They said it was a formal at Georgia College and State University hosted by her sorority in 2018. So not that long ago. Right. This is just a few years before the show airs. Um, And this was two years after this sorority fraternity organization um, actually canceled it and told them they were not allowed to do these type of parties at these venues anymore, like Old South parties. But they did it anyway? Yes. So they... Knew. Oh, yeah. They knew that this was not acceptable. Right. And this organization released a statement um, saying that the chapters were not allowed to sponsor functions at these type of places. Now, this is where Chris Harrison gets involved in the situation. He's, he gets defensive. He was the host for Chris many Chris Harrison was the host from day one. Right. All of the seasons up to season 25, including Bachelorette episodes as well. I mean, seasons as well. He thinks viewers um, of the show calling out Rachel are being unfair to her because she's not able to tell her side of the story. And he also argues that Rachel is simply having fun at an event. Uh, So it's unfair to... um, 
be mean to her about it. He's like, I haven't talked to Rachel, but we need to show a little grace because I've seen some online stuff where everyone's acting like the judge, jury, and executioner, tearing this girl's life apart. And it's alarming to watch. Um, I saw the picture of her at a sorority party five years ago, and that's it. And he's like, I'm not defending Rachel. Well, I mean, you kind of are. He could have just said nothing. Yeah. Because this causes a whole shitstorm for him. Oh, yeah. So, and he also says something that I just don't agree with. He's like, 50 million people who did that in 2018, that was a type of party that a lot of people went to. Disagree I disagree, strongly. I disagree with that. I, I mean, at, at the very least, we all agree 50 million people did not do that. And if they, <laughs> and if they did, it's still not okay. Look, it's not something I would have ever done, but I certainly remember seeing it being done in the 2000s. And I always was like, that's really weird. Like, didn't like Blake Lively get married at a plantation? Yeah. But not only do I remember seeing those things, I remember backlash about those things happening a long time ago before 2018. So you'd think even someone who (laughs) was like really ignorant to, to, to that situation would have at least heard and been ed- hopefully been educated on that by now. The bottom line is he didn't need to say anything. He didn't need to say anything and he he opened his big fat mouth. And I feel like there is a way to do it without saying what she did was okay. You can say like let's not all pile on. Like she if can't he speak had yet. To if say he had something. to say something, you can say like wait till she can come out and whatever, apologize or whatever she's going to do. Or he could have said, I'm not making an official statement until all the NDAs, blah, 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 bullshit, whatever. Yeah. So he also argues that the Bachelor franchise is not, franchise is not responsible for making a statement about it <laughs> until Rachel does. Meanwhile, Reality Steve... Who's Do that? you know Reality Steve? No. Okay. Sadly, I do know Reality Steve because when I really watched The Bachelor back in like the first 10 seasons, maybe he was like the bachelor, um, insider. Mm. That's where you would get all the juicy hot goss on bachelor stuff, including like spoilers or like uh, behind the scenes kind of stuff. So he was that guy. He got pretty big and I think he may even have a podcast now. I'm not a hundred percent sure. He comes out and says that Rachel is being silenced by production is not, and being told not to say anything publicly. February 11th, 2021, Rachel finally makes a public apology for her, uh, for the photos and the past actions. Other cast members, including a woman named Michelle Young, post a statement about it. Um, she talks about how the cast members are disappointed and they want to denounce any defense of racism, etc. February 13th, 2021, Chris Harrison announces he'll be stepping aside from the Bachelor franchise. He apologizes for the things he said during his interview about Rachel and writes a lengthy Instagram statement to announce his um, what at the time was seen as a temporary departure. Yeah. February 26, 2021, Rachel asks fans to stop defending her. So she actually, her fans are going after people and she's like, stop defending me. Um, I did something wrong. Mm. So she's kind of like, that's like a kind of cool move. Like, don't defend me. This is embarrassing. I'm embarrassed what I did. And I don't want you guys defending my actions. They're indefensible. Well, that's good. She did that. So she did this long Instagram uh, video telling them to stop going after people who are holding her accountable. 
March 15th, 2021, the finale of The Bachelor airs, and we finally see why panic has set in amongst the producers, because Matt chooses Rachel What in the end. She is the winner, or whatever, of that season. Wow. So... During the finale of the show, he chooses Rachel, says goodbye to Michelle, the woman who made the other statement. Um, And obviously, I want to state again, the controversy hadn't unfolded when he made his decision. So he didn't know about the allegations, which only happened after the show aired. So during the after the final rose, Matt reveals that he and Rachel broke up in the wake of all of this stuff coming out and were no longer dating saying he tried to be there for Rachel when the post hit social media. Cause these people already know they're together. So they watch the show and kind of are seeing the fan reactions and et cetera. So they're usually in contact some ways. Um, And uh, so he just said that basically it kind of made him question everything. Then Chris Harrison announces he is permanently exiting ABC's reality uh, dating series. And after coming under fire, uh, for defending her racist behavior, he basically got canned. Yeah. He got shit canned. Um, they obviously did like the typical press release that he was stepping aside as if it was a choice he was making they to spend time with his family. Aside. Yeah. <laughs> they wished him best on his new journey. And Chris said that he was excited to start his next chapter uh, in an Instagram post. He was grateful to be a part of Bachelor Nation. And it was a two decade job for him. So yeah. it was a pretty long gig. Um, and then they hired former Bachelor Jesse Palmer to take over hosting duties. Uh, I believe they hired two ex-contestants for The Bachelorette, but I'm not 100% sure. Now, while things seemed officially over for Matt and Rachel, the pair started being seen together and fans started speculating. On May 28th, 2021, Rachel appears on Matt's Instagram and they're Insta-official. They're <gasps> back together. So they're still together. No way. Yeah. I actually went to his Instagram just to like make sure that I was right. Because you know how sometimes once things are die down, people stop writing about people. Yeah. So you're like, I don't have the update <laughs> up until now. But they're on each other's Instagram. They make a ton of t- TikToks together as a couple, including their most recent where Rachel was scolding Matt, saying that there was a difference between saying love you too and I love you too. And they had like a cute little fight about it. So they're... They're a cutesy couple. They're a cutesy couple. They're together. They're together and they seem pretty happy. Wow. What a wild ride. Yeah. Um, So one of my favorite segments on any Bachelor season is when we were down to just a few girls or guys and the lead gets a card from production offering the couple a fantasy suite for the night. Basically, a you want to fuck the last three people, eh? <laughs> what do you want to do? Yeah, they call it, they call this the fantasy suite. And it's basically a luxurious hotel room at the tropical resort that they're on at this point in the show. Right. And an invitation to the fantasy suite is this is the, the, your first opportunity on the show to fuck one of the contestants. Yeah, and always... We all know it's coming, but it's always like, what's this? And they have to like read. <laughs> it's like a red if envelope. If you choose, you two can spend the night together in the fantasy suite to get to know each other more. It's kind of wild because like the 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 bachelor or bachelorette essentially gets to fuck three people 
three different people within the span of like two days, right? How many days is this? Uh, it's it's like a day or two because it's like they each get a night, so they, it's like three nights, right? So he assuming yeah. it's night after night after night, right? And he doesn't or she doesn't always fuck each person, but well, we I never really know. We never really know. So what what do you think about this process? Well, I think Juan Pablo definitely fucked all three of them. But I'm talking about, do you think it's tacky? I think it's... I feel like at that point, you know who you're picking. You know who you're picking by the time it's down to the final three men or women. Um, I think... I don't know. I don't know. I think if... I think it depends, because what if there's a contestant you really want to fuck, but you don't think there's a future? Because then that is... if you know you want to be it with someone, it's a shady last minute like wiggle. (laughs) I'm going to get this in. (laughs) Also, what does she think? I mean, that's also part of it. It's always seemed really tacky and designed specifically to cause jealousy and heightened emotions. So the whole process is not like... The fucking isn't the tacky part. It's the way that it's presented. Yeah, I'm not even... I don't care. People can do what they want. It's, I just feel like... It breeds so much jealousy. Amongst- it breeds jealousy, but I also think it makes the person who is making these decisions, like the bachelorette or bachelor, and let's be honest, I'm mostly talking about the bachelors. I think a lot of times they know what they're doing. But they want to fuck the other <laughs> They want to fuck the other contestants. <laughs> like, I feel like the women don't do it as much, personally. Yeah. They might. They might. But they might actually be a little more unsure, right? Like, because as a woman, you definitely need to make sure the guy knows how to fuck. Mm. The guy is not as important. <laughs> they're going to come no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. So um, anyway, let's go through some of these because there's oh. been some bangers, no pun intended, in these fantasy suite segments. Because yeah. they're like you said, they're just custom designed for drama. Well, and also the fantasy suites themselves, it's like so cliche and like eye rolly. You they walk in, the lights are all dimmed and they're all like, ooh, what's this? Oh, there's a bottle of champagne for us. Oh, look, roses in the bathtub. Oh yeah. They're totally like beautiful Mount Airy Lodge yeah. romance. <laughs> yeah. It's champagne. Just uh, chocolates. There's a champagne hot tub with bubbles in it. No, it's there's candles so, everywhere. It's so corny. It's super corny. So one of um, one of a recent a recent bachelor named Clayton Eckhard, his fantasy date um, with the contestant Susie Evans did not end well. During their date, Susie straight up asked him if he had slept with or declared his love for any of the other contestants, and told him it would be impossible, her word, to move forward with an engagement if he had. He was very taken aback by Susie's request or question, and he got kind of over-the-top upset with her, um, that she would even expect him to not give a shot with the other women, <laughs> which I like, <laughs> like sex. Like, gotta give it a shot. <laughs> Is that how you sold it to those women? Let right. me try you out. Let me try you out, Let me out, give you a bitch. test run. Um, he then confessed to, their, to her that he had professed his love for the other women and slept with both of them. Uh, Although he did say he loved Susie the most. <laughs> now, a lot of viewers were like, Appalled by this admission, yeah, because he basically was like, "I knew you were my favorite, but I still was like, I gotta, I gotta try, I gotta try it out, yeah, and see what's up." Um, so even though he was super honest, 
they were like not not a fan of uh, the way he framed it. Honestly, it would be kind of hard to not fuck all three of them, in my opinion. Just like I'm just saying for me, I would probably fuck all three guys. I really, it's hard for me to say because partially when I've watched the show in the past, I always feel like I'm the type of person who would know right away who I wanted from fucking episode one. Yeah, but I'd probably still have some chemistry with the other contestants and I want to be like, let's try you out. Let's see what you're I, all about. See, I'd have to ever, I'd have to see a show where I actually thought a few of them were hot. No. It, and I never have. There's always been like one. I was like, maybe that one. And even that one's like a maybe. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not like a show that caters to my taste, let's say. No, the type of men and women who, well, there was one woman one year on The Bachelor who I I was convinced um, would date me. I don't remember her name. There's like a few times throughout the show that I've been like, oh, maybe. Right. But it's not like every episode I'm like, well, there's at least 10 guys where I'd be, I'd be like, who am I going to pick? Yeah. Like, it's really not that way for me. Um, so she, she gets up and walks away. Um, and then when they do get back together to further this conversation, he calls her out for not telling him ahead of time that she was going to have this demand that he not fuck these women. So he gets, like I said, this is one of those situations where the woman is hurt and the guy gets angry (laughs) at her. And it's always like a bad look, I think for the guy. Yeah. And he's like, this is actually, um, I don't know how I feel about you anymore. Right, right. He's like that kind of like this is not who uh, I thought you were. Oh, it's so bad. And he sends her home, but in the end, he rejects both of the other women he fucked to pursue Susie again. He <gasps> wants her back. Um, no surprise, this relationship does not last because rumors come out eventually of him cheating. Oh, so this guy's a dog. So wait, did he end up proposing to her at the end? I don't think they proposed. I think it was like, let's continue this after the show. So he didn't propose to anybody. I don't think so. But I didn't watch this season. Yeah. Um, So his brush with scandal didn't end with this Susie relationship. He eventually faced a bitter paternity suit with a woman after the show ended. She claimed to be pregnant with his twins after a one night stand. And she's like, that was the only man I had slept with during this period. Uh, so it's definitely him. He was refusing to um, take a paternity test and didn't want to be financially liable or in the twins' lives at all. Um, but then he does go on the offense and he's like, I did take a paternity test. He shows screenshots of his receipt from the diagnostic laboratory. <laughs> and eventually he uh, is declared not the father. Oh. So he lucked out yeah. on that one. Yeah. Um, one of the first, did they have sex? So, I mean, this is funny as someone who watched the show from the beginning, I do have to say initially, I don't feel like it was obvious to people that they were fucking in the fantasy suites. Why? I thought there was more of a, maybe they didn't like, I really did sort of not always think that it happened. That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm. An innocent. You're so innocent. I'm such a Desi. little. I just was like, I don't think they'd do that. But one of the first real sex scandals on the show, and by that I mean like we know they fucked. Yeah. I think it was so vague, you just never really knew. But this was the time we really knew they fucked. Yeah. This was on the season for uh, the Bachelor named Ben Flajnik. Oh my god, I forgot about this. <sighs> Did guy. you forget about him? I just I didn't watch his season. Wait, what season is this? It's early. I don't know the number. I just remember his name from the tabloids. 
Well, there was a contestant on the show named Courtney Robertson, and she was the hoe that everyone fucking hated because she was super sexual. She didn't give a shit. She would... She was a willing villain. She mm. loved being a villain. She rubbed it into their faces. <laughs> ben had a heart on her from day one, and she loved it. So you don't have to awe Courtney. She loved it. Um, she has a memoir called I Didn't Come Here to Make Friends. And like I said, she was the hot villain of this season, especially after her and Ben. You know they go on those group dates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. And there's always the thing where one girl is taking too much of his time. And Courtney was that girl because she would, it's like, you know, when they're trying to get their time and someone comes over, they're like, can I, can I have him for a second? And they're like, I just started talking to him. You got to be assertive. You got to be, if you want, I mean, it, and I mean, of course, it only works if the guy also is into you too, but like those assertive hot bitches, they piss everybody off in the in the cast. Right, because he'll be talking to some like pretty meek blonde and then the hot hoe comes over and drags him off willingly and she yeah. and she's like upset. Yeah, she's like, I was just telling him when my dog died. Yeah. And it's always a traumatic event. Well, Courtney did this. They were on like a cast trip or whatever to the to Puerto Rico. And she took him off and they went into the ocean skinny dipping. <laughs> and people lost their shit uh, on the show. And it turns out they fucked in that ocean. What? And now we see them go skinny. We see them go into the ocean. Right. And then whatever. Obviously, they didn't feel them fucking. Well, that's like a big no-no because you're only you're supposed to wait to fuck until you get to the, like the fantasy suite. So there's some rules here. Oh, yeah. So people were like, people were mad about the skinny dipping, period. Because I forget, like they kiss and stuff. On, uh, yeah. They like kiss, but it's pretty much like agreed upon. And I might even be the show rules. Is it the show rules? I'm not sure. You just don't have any time to be really alone alone where, no. with, the, with the contestants. No, in the fantasy suite, part of the pretense of that all is that the cameras are gone. It's the first time you're with the bachelor or bachelorette where there's no cameras. So that's why yes. it's considered the fuck time. So in her memoir, she said, Ben and I may have may have made sweet, succinct love, but we also took advantage of not being mic'd up and had a heartfelt, though brief conversation that night in the ocean. He told me he was listening to our song, Sleepwalking, by Mariachi Al Bronx, over and over, and that he thought about me all the time. I can't believe I feel this way already so soon, he said. So that's another thing. You're not supposed to reveal your feelings to each other. So they took advantage of this time when they were in the ocean to do just that. Right. The bachelor or bachelorette's not supposed to let them know this is where I'm at. No. So when the fantasy suite night came around, obviously it was super on. Um, they so had. She makes it to the final three. Yeah. The couple hook up multiple times in the fantasy, fantasy suite. Um, in her book, she said that she couldn't find condoms in the suite, but they still had sex three times anyway. Wow. Uh, she said they immediately ripped each other's clothes off and had intense, passionate sex on the couch in front of the fires, et cetera. And Ben did pick Courtney in the end. So she's the she's like one of the hot hoes who makes it to the end. Because usually her. they dump those girls like right. th- at three. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It <laughs> is. Like, it's like, I can't marry you. <laughs> I know. I feel sad for them. I do too, but she actually did win. I love the sluts. Absolutely. They're the best part of the show. Yeah. But they did end up breaking up nine months later 
And she actually hooked up with another future bachelor. After her split from Ben, she dated Ari Ludinik on and off. She details this in her book too. Though he is an expert at lip locking, knowing, known among fans of the show as the kissing bandit, <laughs> I was getting hot and bothered and needed more. Ari, I feel like I'm in high school. I can't just keep making out with you. He was hesitant for a millisecond. Then we headed into my childhood bedroom, into my canopy bed. Oh my God. A dream come true. Oh my God. But what can only be described as the best sex I've ever had. Why was it so good, you ask? Ari is incredibly passionate and utilizes his entire body in his lovemaking. He knows exactly what positions make a woman feel comfortable and satisfied. Wow. Wow. Ari. What's Ari doing now? Well, we'll get to him in a little bit later. Oh, but maybe shit. we'll take a break and we'll get back to some more uh, fantasy suite moments. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings with big cash back at hundreds of stores. Don't miss headliners like Canon, Fenty Beauty, and Dyson. I can't wait to shop for all of my summer fashion and beauty needs, and we'll definitely be checking out Ulta and Adidas. Rakuten really is the best way to shop. You can really save by stacking cash back on top of other deals. And during Big Give Week, the cash back is bigger than ever. It's the time to shop for everything you need for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Membership is free, and it's all happening May 6th to May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost on top of Big Give Week cashback rates, go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while shopping. 
One of the earlier fantasy date mishaps was between contestant Ed Zwidarski and Bachelorette Jillian Harris. They had a lot of chemistry during their season, but when they went in for the overnight date, things just didn't go well. And Jillian was very emotional after this <laughs> fantasy date thing because the romance was not there. Ugh. Ed admitted on camera that he had some performance issues Ooh. when they had their alone time. He said, I was very nervous and it just didn't happen. And I couldn't show her that I really am in love with her. And I worry she got the wrong impression. Now, she did eventually pick Ed despite this uh, mishap. So she was the bachelorette. She was the bachelorette. However, maybe that lack of a heart and was a red flag because they did break up shortly after the series ended. Now, jealousy is not just something that happens to the women on The Bachelorette. The men on The Bachelorette also have some issues uh, when it comes to these fantasy suite dates. Most famously, contestant Luke Parker... Uh, had one of these moments with finalist Hannah Brown on her season as The Bachelorette. So Hannah was like an ex-beauty queen who was Christian, uh, etc. And he took that to heart thinking that she only had eyes for him. So when they went to the fantasy suite during her season, things didn't look good for him. They sat down to dinner. They ended up having a pretty dramatic conversation from the get-go. Luke told Hannah that he wanted to make sure she wasn't having sexual relations with the other men. And if she was, he wanted to go home. <gasps> he told Hannah told him that he didn't have the right to judge her and she didn't appreciate the way he was speaking to her, especially, especially since he wasn't her husband yet. <laughs> so who is he to say what she can and can't do? <laughs> she also pointed out that she looked past a lot of his red flags and was kind of offended that he couldn't move past the situation that she was in. Honestly, she's right. Right. So after this dramatic conversation, she finally told him it was time for him to go home. Good for her. Luke said that she owed him a moment to hear his side of the things, (laughs) but that only made her more angry. (laughs) (laughs) That, That would make it worse. She walks him to the limo and Luke refuses to get in. No. And then she gives one of the most epic takedowns in Bachelor history. She says to him, I have had sex and Jesus still loves me. I didn't just go to the fantasy suites. I fucked Peter Weber in a windmill. And guess what? We did it a second time. (laughs) Wait, is Peter Weber one of the other guys? He's one of the other guys. Um, I really would love a t-shirt that said, I have had sex and Jesus still loves me. Absolutely. It's iconic. Uh, Later on, after the final Rose episode, she says... On this show, she's like, I will say I was a little dishonest about something since it's out there. I did say there was something that Peter and I did twice. Well, it was actually four times. Yes. <laughs> now, despite Peter, it seems like they had a great time, but she did not pick Peter <laughs> Weber. She actually picked a guy named Jed Wyatt, who was an aspiring singer-songwriter. Ooh. But after the selection, <laughs> another scandal dropped. No. This season was not having it. They're like, we got more. Uh, a fellow musician named Haley Stevens told People that she was in a serious relationship with Jed Wyatt for the four months before he left to film The Bachelorette in March, but they didn't <gasps> break up. What? She said, we spent the night together the night before he headed to L.A. He told me the show was an obstacle and we'd be stronger on the other side because of it. Uh, 
he said, she said that they enjoyed a romantic getaway to the Bahamas. They both said, I love you for the first time. And then she learned that he was joining the cast uh, in February. He told her he had just signed up for the reality dating show before they had started dating. But now he was like, it's a great way for me to promote my career and gain some uh, recognition. He says, it's probably not going to happen, but it's a huge opportunity. I'm only doing this for my music. And he really wanted a platform. He said he would only, he only wanted to get to the top five. So he'd be a major player, but not really win in the end. But her worst fears came true as the dating competition went on and she saw the romantic chemistry between Wyatt and Brown progress. She's like, I was terrified that he was going to fall in love with Hannah. In the beginning, I felt bad watching the show because I thought he loved me and was faking dating her. But then I thought my boyfriend could be engaged to someone else. (laughs) She said that, that Hannah... That when he signed up to appear on The Bachelorette, his his first thought was about his music, but everything changed. Now more than anything, I want to be with you. Oh, he said this to Hannah on the show. He's like, at first I... I just thought this was about music, but everything changed because I really love you he now and admitted, it's real. Wait, yes. he admitted he was there for the wrong reasons? Yeah, kind of. On the show? Yes. Uh, he's like, I'm feeling like I'm falling for you more and more. Um, and she she... This moment is hard for his girlfriend at home, obviously, watching, because she's like, I'm seeing him kiss her for the first time, and that was, like, one of my worst days. Aww. She said that Wyatt never never formally broke up with her, and this, she's, like, watching this show. This is fucked. She's like, the hardest part is that he just ghosted me. He loved me, but he didn't have enough respect for me to have this tough conversation. Well, once the show airs... <laughs> Before the After the Final Rose, like when they they filmed the After the Final Rose, this is where Hannah Brown took off her engagement ring and confronted Jed about his ex-girlfriend live on the show. Wow. So she immediately dumps this fool when she finds out he literally has this girlfriend the whole fucking time he's been on the show. Um, So she says, the first news I heard about Haley was actually the day after we got engaged, but it was just that he wanted to let me know that if anything was said, there was a girl he was hanging out with. (laughs) So he started laying laying some foundations for like, oh, if you just in case you do hear something, (laughs) here's what it really is. I was like, okay, what does that mean? And when did you end it? But ultimately, he told me it was a week before. It wasn't a girlfriend. He was just hanging out with her. Um, obviously when this Haley Stevens interview came out, she saw the truth of what had happened. Oh my God. Um, and she managed to move on. Uh, Haley did. Yes. What obviously. about Hannah? Hannah, they both moved on and right. Jed obviously is not a famous musician. So well, he, got, he got what was coming to him. He fucked himself. What an idiot. What a fucking idiot. So. As you mentioned up top, one of the more iconic seasons of the show is the Juan Pablo season. (laughs) And of course, this this season has a lot of bangers, but it also has an epic fantasy suite situation that goes down during... Epic fantasy (laughs) suite situation. (laughs) This is... uh, I'm sorry. I'm just laughing at that. Um, Well, let's talk first. I think there's a lot of things that go down, but most famously, it is his fantasy suite date with Andy Dorfman. Yeah. And this goes horribly off the rails. Are we going to just talk about Juan Pablo as a person? You can talk about him. Can we please just introduce Juan Pablo? Yeah, introduce. Why don't you do it? Because I I didn't watch the season. I... 
Okay. He I, was a contestant. Ron Pablo was a contestant on the previous season of The Bachelorette. He was a Venezuelan professional soccer player. He's very cute. You know I love Latino guys. So I was really excited for this season. Um, and he was kind of a surprise pick. Because I don't believe he was on The Bachelorette season, which I think I did watch. I don't think he was there for long, but he kind of made an impression because he was, he had like that accent. Because he was a himbo. He was really cute. Yeah. He was kind of a himbo. He's really handsome. He's an athlete, whatever. So he is like the surprise pick to become The Bachelor the following season. What is this, 2013? Um... I think it's 2013. Anyway, yeah. he is probably like this guy is legendary because of what a dick he is. And he was apparent. I didn't watch his season when he was on The Bachelorette, but apparently, like that did not come through at all. Well, because he wasn't on that long. And obviously, he's one of 25 guys. So he gets lost in the shuffle, maybe. Right. I think it was kind of like. He's like the kind of contestant on that show, I think. They keep him around because he's hot enough. Yeah. But then he doesn't connect with them, and he gets the boot midway, Well, right? it makes sense because this guy is an empty vessel of a human being. Yes. Not only that, like not only is he completely shallow and has like zero depth of personality, but he's also a dick. And anytime any woman, like any of the other contestants on the show would be like, I'm having an issue with this or they're or they're explaining some like deep emotional um thing from their soul. He just goes, "It's okay." It's okay. That was right. his, that was his like signature line. And he kind of used maybe the lost in communication. He used a that, lot as an excuse, but it's like, "No, you're an asshole." No, he definitely played up like, "Oh, I don't speak English very well." But that was not what this was about. That was not the case. He was just an asshole. He was misogynistic. He, um, are you going to talk about what he did to Claire in the helicopter? No, you can mention it. I don't remember exactly the details. It's been like 10 years, obviously. But um, he w- he said something like really perverted to Claire, Claire, who was in the final three, who's like one of the greatest contestants on the show of all yeah. time because she's crazy. Um, I was obsessed with her, but he's like leaned over to Claire and was like, I just want to fuck you, right? Like he said something that was like a little over the line for the circumstances or... That's very Serge Gainsbourg of him. (laughs) Yeah, it was something like he, like it was something that she was offended by and she tried to explain to him like that it made her feel like a piece of meat. Right. And he just goes, it's okay. Well, Andy Dorfman... She's a smart cookie. She's like a contestant where you're kind of like, she's one of those contestants where you're like, I could hang with her. Yes. Uh, for sure. She was a fan favorite. She's a fan favorite. Um, and they had a really bad fantasy suite date. And she does finally um, reveal what exactly happened in her memoir, which is called It's Not Okay. See? <laughs> See? Because that's what he said yeah. the whole season. It's okay. Yeah. So she said, obviously, like on the show, um, the camera stopped rolling. Obviously, they go in this fantasy suite. She says she saw a sign of Juan Pablo that she didn't like. The morning after, she calls him out and told him that she realized she was not in love with him. 
During their conversation, she also said that he often went too far with his honesty and she felt like he had no interest in actually getting to know her. No, she's saying this in the show. Yes. This is like her, she does like this. This is her takedown of him on the show. This is what made her become beloved by everyone in America. Yeah. And she mentions a joke he made about her being there by default. In response, he says to her, it's okay. Uh... (laughs) And said that he didn't know what she wanted him to do. And Andy walks away. So, um, but this was like, I mean, I, this was only my first time watching The Bachelor when I saw this season and what a season to be the first. Right. But as far as I was concerned, this seemed like pretty unusual for someone who's vying to get engaged to this person to basically just do this basically just be like you you suck like you're actually an asshole a lot of times they're assholes but they're playing the game no she was done playing the game she was done playing the game and so as i said like we know she took him down after the fantasy suite but no one really knew what happened in in the fantasy suite in her memoir she's like they did not hook up oh she said he blasted our ray j and r kelly all night and showed me and showed me why would you that's not gonna get any girl in the mood in, in 2013 <laughs> yeah. R. Kelly and Ray J uh, so she and she said he showed me dozens of videos of his old soccer highlights on YouTube Ugh. all there was was the realization that I was like nothing more than a pretty object he had no intention of liking let alone loving and thus no amount of free travel was enticing enough to stay <laughs> any longer she was done but like you mentioned, she was extremely popular because she did take down this asshole finally after this whole season. And he kind of famously also um, never even said to the winner that he loved her in the final, like after yes. the final rose. So I think her name is Nikki. Yes. Even her, she he never really said he loved her. Obviously, the relationship did not last. No, he couldn't say I love you. And his proposal was like the least romantic proposal ever he was just like nikki i want you to be my wife like it was just so (laughs) hold on i we need to pause for a sec because i know i have some scathing tweets about this guy i was very (laughs) active on bachelor twitter during this era so i guess this was in the era when we deleted all of our tweets after live tweeting oh yeah but i do (laughs) i did say I don't know who's more disappointed, Nikki's family because she stayed with Juan Pablo or my family because I live-tweeted The Bachelor. Um, The other thing I wrote about Juan Pablo was how he was homophobic. Because do you remember, that was like the first... I had totally forgotten that this happened before his season even... Or like in the beginning of the season. There was... He had some scandal? He had like a homophobic scandal where he said... um, that like being gay is immoral or gay marriage is like gross. Right. I mean, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. He was an asshole. And like when people called him out and he's like, so who cares? It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Um, So like we mentioned, Andy does become the next bachelorette in her season. She chooses a guy named Josh Murray over Nick Vial. Oh, Nick was the hot asshole. He's a hot asshole. Uh, And Nick even warns her at the end, because I think he's like top two, that she's making a mistake. And this time, it's not just the runner-up being bitter. It was true. So she details 
Josh's alleged emotional abuse in her 2016 (gasps) memoir. And she claims that um, Josh often threw her moment with Vial in the fantasy suite in her face and used that as like a thing that they would often argue about. She said he was devastated, angry, hurt, badly. I apologized for lying because I think she acted like nothing had happened just to kind of like leave it like it's not anything he needs to think about. He seemed to struggle over whether he was more upset by the fact that I lied or that I had sex with another man. Several more apologies later, it became clear the issue was about my having sex with someone else. The one sexual escapade, that one sexual escapade would become a power play used by my fiance to justify justify his mistrust in me. It would be an excuse to call me a whore. It would eventually lead to the demise of my engagement. They weren't exclusive. I know. It's one thing to be hurt or upset, but you can't be mad. No. Right? Uh, And Andy isn't the only one to make these claims against Josh. A Bachelor Nation star, Amanda Stanton, she also got engaged to Josh Murray after they met on Bachelor in Paradise season three. And she wrote about his behavior in her 2019 book, Now Accepting Roses. These Bachelor contestants get a lot of book deals. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a popular show. So she said Josh didn't want a fiance. He wanted a robot he could program and control. He denies this, of course. After all his sweet talk about wanting to watch the girls, because I think she had kids, while I got manicures with my friends, the reality was he didn't even like me texting or talking to anyone, let alone seeing them in person. One time I met two girls, friends of mine, since first grade for dinner. He was so jealous and furious, he bombarded me with texts to say he was packing his things and leaving. My attention had to be on Josh and Josh alone, only Josh at all times. I had to call my mom from the gym to avoid an issue with him. (gasps) So he was an asshole. Now, Nick and Andy weren't done either because Nick gets his own, he gets, Nick is like a contestant twice. Then he finally gets his own season of The Bachelor. Uh, and That's how hot this guy was. Why is he so cute? He's, he's so... like a Michael Mancini type. <laughs> he's, really inex- he's inexplicably hot, but he's like a villain. He was so... Because I, re- I remember, obviously, I watched Andy's season of The Bachelorette following Juan Pablo. And I remember Nick. And I'm like, who is that? That guy is so hot. And then he was such a fucking villain and such an... Like, he was maniacal. But I was He's an iconic but bachelor he, character. He really is. <laughs> I don't even remember what he did. I just remember him being villainous. Well, he has a moment on his after the final rose season and this his seasons after the final rose. And he exposes what happened with Andy and him in the fantasy suite during her season without her permission, which angered her, obviously. He said, knowing how in love with you I was, if you weren't in love with me, I'm just not sure why you made love with me. And she fires back to him, that's below the belt and you should have kept this private. Now, she then, I guess, considers that a um, permission for her to open up about what happened in her book. And she referred to their overnight date as a lady boner killing awkward sexual encounter. She said, we're finally doing the deed. I'm trying to make the scenario less embarrassing by leading him toward romance. And all he can ask is, would I rather fuck or make love? (laughs) Wait, Nick said that? Nick says that to Andy. Do you want to fuck or make love? No. she's like, God, just kiss me, love. Like, you can't talk without making an utter fool of yourself just fucking shut up like 
So she kind of goes at him in her memoir and kind of exposes. She's like, fine, you want to talk about the fantasy suite? Let's Let's talk about it. So according to me in 2014, I said, Nick seems like the kind of guy who's madly in love with you, in quotes, for two weeks before he completely disappears off the planet. And honestly, that was his vibe. Nick was the kind of guy who fell hard for you fast, allegedly. And it was like the um, the love bombing. He I know likes the pursuit. He loves the pursuit. And then he gets like very disinterested. Once you kind of fall in line and you're like, okay, let's do it. And he's like, bye. I said about Josh, Josh seems like the kind of guy who tells a girl to turn around and change her outfit before a date. Yeah, he's controlling. He's really... See, I guess I knew back then. You knew it. He was controlling. I love I love that I have my, like more bachelorette tweets. Oh, I also wrote about Josh. Batter up. That's what Josh says. <laughs> <laughs> I said that's what Josh says when he gets an erection. Oh. Why did I say that? I mean, that sounds cute. <laughs> Batter up. And then I said, I'm done tweeting until I finish watching this episode, the Doritos Locos Taco of television. <gasps> Bachelorette. <laughs> that's a compliment. That's a compliment. <laughs> um, I mean, that's the thing about live tweeting. He might have said something about batter up. Yeah. And you were just referencing in the <laughs> yeah. moment, but it makes zero sense <laughs> without the context. <laughs> or he like, yeah, there was some baseball reference. I'm like, oh, I bet he says batter up when yeah, he gets hard. Totally. Now, fantasy suites aren't the only place drama happens. Some of the biggest shocking moments have happened on After the Final Rose. I've mentioned some of those moments. Um, But we'll have a few more stories about After the Final Roses. And a lot of these come from people who feel burned by the lead. Now, the OG After the Final Rose explosive moment was when Jason Mesnick dumped Melissa Rycroft and picked his runner-up, Molly Milani on after the final rose. What? He has a legit change of heart. And these are super nerdy people too. So this was extra shocking. Wait. This is not a player. Wait. He surprise broke up with his fiance? Yes. On on after the final rose and got back together with the runner up Molly. That's crazy. What season is this? This is like early on. Oh my God. I want to say like maybe season 10. I don't know. But obviously he faced a lot of backlash, but he trusted his gut and him and Molly are still married with two children. I mean... so he And I think Melissa is also like, it was the right call. Like she's also married now with kids. I mean, good for him, whatever. But I feel like you don't do that on after the final row. Well, now I mentioned earlier Ari Lu- Luyendik. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. Lu- Luyendik? Uh, he was a contestant on Emily Maynard's season. Um, and he's, he's like another one who I was like, this guy's kind of hot. Yeah. (laughs) Even though I would never really date him in real life, probably. Yeah. He's like a race car driver. He's like attractive and he has like a vibe to Mm. him. He's kind of sexy. Um, do you have a picture of him? Um, I could pull one up. Pull one up of this guy. Okay. So he, he finally becomes the bachelor and it's not really surprising because as I said, he's kind of hot. And he started on the bachelorette. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he was a contestant and he was also like, I don't think he was like the runner. Cause usually it's like the runner up, unless, right? Unless you're Juan Pablo. Unless you're super hot. Uh, like Juan Pablo and Ari is kind of hot too. I mean, he's kind of hot in like a dorky way, but 
Here he is. Like when he's in his race car outfit, yeah, he looks kind of when he's all. You know how sometimes when they clean up, you're like, no, you look hotter when you're messy. Yeah, I need to see him sweaty. Uh, he's hotter when he's sweaty. He's cute. Yeah, yeah, he's. You can see. As, yeah, like as far as these guys go, he's not like too Christiany clean cut. <laughs> That's a type on the show. Look, some of the guys are hotter than others. Some of them are just a little too goody two shoes for me. You know who I really didn't was not into sexually or romantically at all was the guy. I think it was like circa twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. The like farmer from Iowa, Chris Souls. Yes, <laughs> Chris Souls. I I'm not going to go into his story, but he actually killed someone. What? He crashed into their tractor, and which is crazy because he was the farmer. What? Yeah. And he, he like, it was an accident, obviously. Oh my God, that's he wasn't tragic. even drunk. It's like a tragic story. So I didn't go into it because there's really not much story there, but right. it was like a really crazy story when that happened. No, but I just remember like his, I remember on his season, all the women were like, uh, I love this guy, but I'm really scared to move to Iowa and live on a farm. I kind of, yeah, it was a risk. It was such a risk. Like that was like such a big plot point. What's in that this- dating app? Like the farmer farmers one. only, yeah. It was it, like farmers only. It was such come a big, true. It was such a big plot point that these women would have to live in Iowa on a farm, right? I mean, I guess that's always an issue. Like, where are you going to live? But yeah, this, this seemed to be because he didn't even live in like a big city, right? Like, no. Anyway, sorry, um, Ari. that's okay. So Ari, he also blindsides his choice at after the final rose. He picks a woman named Becca Kufrin. She goes on to be the bachelorette in a, in a, in a um, other season after this. And he ends their engagement during, they have this like happy couple weekend post finale. And this is one of the most awkward things I've ever seen in my life because they film the breakup scene and it's like, it's like an unedited cut. Wait, so they showed this at the final rose? No, it's like an it's like an episode after the finale, but before the final rose. And I, I don't know if that's something they always do, but they did it in their their circumstance because yeah. of what happened. Because they broke up before the reunion. And they filmed the breakup scene. <gasps> We're literally seeing the moment it happens. And it's like I was like, what is this Goodfellas where they have that long that long extended thing where they don't cut the you know, one the, shot where they're one going take, through the restaurant the one and the take thing, shot. the one take shot like and that's what happens. This <laughs> she's literally like heartbroken, oh crying. God. We hear her crying, and he's like, "Let me in." <gasps> like it is. Are they self filming? No cameras are there. Oh my god! Um, it's really. It's really crazy to watch. Like it is like you're like, I should not be seeing this, but I cannot tear myself away. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those moments. And um he we've come to find out after he pro- proposed to Becca on the um finale, he starts he somehow finds runner up Lauren's number because the production won't <laughs> give it to him. Oh, and he starts communicating with her like on the DL at after the final rose. Um, he proposes to Lauren in front of Becca <gasps> at After the Final Rose. That's brutal. Yeah, and people are pissed. He's like described as public enemy number one. I mean, that's dirty. Yeah, I mean... It's dirty. People were upset that he... The way he broke off his engagement with Becca, uh, they were upset that he proposed to her on the show in front of the art- audience and he tells People Magazine at the time, I know people are going to be hard on me. I made a mistake and I'm prepared for the backlash. But all I can say is I had to follow my heart. 
they do get married and are still together and have three kids. Wow. So once again, made the right choice, but not in the right way. The execution was wrong. Yes. That should have been private. Okay, now we're going to get to our final story, and it is a lo- it's a longer one because this is an insane ride. In 2019, retired football player Colton Underwood joined the Bachelor. Bachelor, he was their um, their like latest Bachelor. He was a contestant on a previous Bachelorette, and he was billed as the proud 26 year old virgin. What that was his. Uh, that was the big. He's a farmer. You gotta have. He's a, a virgin. He um, he's widely considered to be one of the worst bachelors ever. In fact, his se- season was so boring until a very dramatic moment when he was down to just three women. And this was truly one of the most dramatic fantasy suite sections ever. Wait, so he was considered to be the worst bachelor ever because he was boring. He was really boring. So. <laughs> He's down to this final three. Um, one of the women's name is uh, Cassie Randolph. And before the fantasy suite is like the hometown date section, the yes. final four. They all meet the family. During that section, her dad was kind of like, no, like, I don't think you, <laughs> I don't think you should do this. I mean, that's kind of common. A lot of families are like, this is crazy. You can't just marry this guy you met five weeks ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, the show takes it one step further. They bring the dad, I think they're in Thailand, like it's like that section where they're in some exotic locale, and they fly the dad there to give Cassie one final talking to. What? Um, Because she's She's like, I'm trying to get fucked. But she's struggling with her decision about what to do after this thing with her dad at the hometown date. So they bring the dad in to further complicate her decision-making process. So after talking to her dad, she's like, I'm going to break up with Colton at at the fantasy suite date. I'm not going to do this right now. Oh, my God. So 30 minutes of this episode is dedicated to this slow burn departure. We all know Cassie's... (laughs) Gonna break up with Colton <laughs> in the fantasy suite, and we're waiting. They're really like milking this. You know how they're always like, it's the most dramatic yeah. da 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 ever. They they were milking this. Whatever is gonna happen in this fantasy suite moment. So during this segment, she's trying to end things with Colton. He is begging her to stay. He's promising her they don't need to get engaged at the show's conclusion, which is against the rules of the show. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to get engaged. So he's like, no, we don't have to do it. Um, he also, this is like even more uncalled for, like as far as the show rules go, he's like, I love you and I'll I'll dump the remaining two contestants immediately oh. to, and pick you right now. <gasps> he's like, I want it to be with you at the end, engagement or not. So this just gets really repetitive. Um, he's like saying the same things. And she ultimately is not swayed by his um, all of his talk, his sweet talk, and his pleas of wanting a future with her. His declarations of love, his tears. Uh, he's like, I don't care if you're about to leave. I'm not going to ever stop fighting for you, <laughs> dude. She's not into you, bro. <laughs> so once again, we have hot mics. We have producer voiceovers. As she walks out and leaves him, he leaves his hotel room. mumbles under his breath, I'm fucking done, (laughs) shoves a cameraman to the side and runs towards a fence surrounding the compound and and climbs over (laughs) the fence and escapes the resort. (laughs) (laughs) I need to see this season. And he's, oh wait, they're in Portugal, sorry, not Thailand. He hides in the street. I was like, this is 
what's that guy <laughs> the guy from brazil paul I was like, this is some Paul 90 Day Fiance shit. (laughs) Just running off into a foreign country and like hiding from a production. Yeah, that's that when Paul got so upset, he ran into the Brazilian forest and then his fiance got mugged with guys with machetes. So he's (laughs) hiding on the streets of Portugal. Crew members are shown searching a darkened road for him. Um, And then once they finally get him back, he breaks up with the the remaining two women and he ultimately leaves the show in a committed relationship with Cassie. Oh, so they do. She does eventually take him back. Now they date for about a year and a half after The Bachelorette ends uh, and then they kind of break up. Did he lose his virginity? Well, Colton was not content to move on with his life. Instead, he went full stalker, sending (gasps) Cassie unwanted texts, hanging around her apartment, hanging around her parents' home in Huntington Beach, and even putting a GPS tracker on her car. No. During one incident in June, on June 27th, this is like during COVID too. Like this is like 2021. Like when they filmed it, it was like, so this is like a really crazy, uh, weird period. At some point he gets COVID when they're together. Like it's this, and that was a big story. Um, so Wait, she, he got COVID on the show. No, after the oh, show, it was a story in the press. They were dating, yeah, and that was like a big thing. Like she cared for him while he had COVID, etc. Right. So this is 2021 now. So it's like a little after, but it's still like in that weird, you know, time and place. Um, she says that she was visiting her family home in Huntington Beach, which is 30 miles from LA, and that's where she and Colton both lived. And in the early morning hours, her brother saw Colton in the alley outside her bedroom window at two in the morning. Oh my God. He got, he got confronted and then he started sending harassing text messages to her and to her best friend and to her younger brother. And he's also just been seen around, hanging around the family, friends and neighbors' houses, uh, as well as her home. Um, she also provided screenshot text messages from Colton that were um, obviously really crazy and mean. He he says things like, you're a selfish person who isn't ready to be loved. I spent two years loving you the best I could, and now I'm sitting here feeling like a fool. You hurt me. <gasps> she would respond, what did I even do? And he's like, you hid things from me. You're shady. Um, culture. Colton sent another message to her saying, I apologize for the things I said last night. I'm lost. I'm drowning. So he's like losing it. He then gets accused of watching her apartment in LA. Um, He admitted to his roommate and his roommate's girlfriend that he goes on multiple walks a day to her apartment building to (gasps) see what she's doing. Um, Another incident, um, she was visiting a friend's apartment and he somehow knew where she was. So that's when they come to find out that he had put a GPS tracker on her oh car and God. was able to kind of see where she went. Uh, he accused her of spending time with her ex-boyfriend. He's just very clearly um, stalking this woman. Uh, and there's just a lot of evidence because um, she files a restraining order against him. Yeah. So this stuff is all public record. Because this is scary. This was all... Um, you know, submitted to the court in order to get this um, restraining order. Now, she eventually, um, he does apologize for his disgusting and unacceptable behavior. Um, She, he kind of like ends this obsession once this restraining order is filed. And she does drop the restraining 
order two months after filing it. He says, I do not believe she did anything wrong in filing the restraining order. And I also believe she acted in good faith uh, doing it. She was really scared and I was acting like an idiot. Now, in April of 2021, um, he does an exclusive interview with Robin Roberts on Good Morning America. And he says, I've ran from myself for a long time. I've hated myself for a long time. And I'm gay. (gasps) I came to terms with this earlier this year and I've been processing it. And the next step in all of this was just letting everybody in the world know. Wow. So he said when he became The Bachelor, he was praying to God that it was something that might make him straight. Like he thought this process would lead to him finally getting a wife and kids and kind of getting him on the the right track. He was raised um, very religious. uh, So... He was also sort of talked about being in this sort of super masculine football world because he was a professional football player. And obviously that locker room talk is a lot of homophobic uh, stuff being said. So he really felt like he couldn't be gay. Um, and he gave an interview to Variety magazine where he talked about his struggles about growing up and realizing he was gay, but the minute he realized it, realizing he didn't want to be gay. So he definitely had a struggle with that, as I'm sure a lot of people do, especially growing up in a religious Midwest uh, environment. Um, So he, yeah, his coming out was controversial though, for not the reason you might think. A lot of people were like, oh, sure, he's just doing this to get out of trouble, for doing all this stalking and like whatever with Cassie. But he he said, I don't want people to think I'm coming out to change the narrative or to brush over and not take responsibility. I now have this gay life that I don't have to address my past. That that now that I have this gay life, I don't have to address my past as a straight man. Um, so he did say he's still wrong and uh, he was trying to control a situation. And unfortunately, he apologized to her as well, saying that she kind of got dragged into it all. But it was definitely like a an ending no one saw coming in this long saga. He is now married to a guy. Yeah. In 2023, they got married. So I think he has moved on. He wrote a memoir about all of this. And his life, if you want to check it out. That is wild. Isn't that a crazy arc? <laughs> like, you just that kept going so, on and on and on. That is That story took so many twists and turns. I know. Well, it was funny because he was considered so boring. That's and it ended the- up being so like, okay, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. He's stalking her? Like, wait, what? It just was like a lot of stuff happening. Talk but, yeah. about a slow burn and then it gets crazy. I know. So after I wrote all these, I was like, oh, maybe I should watch the show again. Because <laughs> no. it does have some really good moments. But it's one of those things where you watch it and you like pick a wrong season. Yeah. Then you don't watch it. And you're like, oh, shit, it's Juan Pablo. But now I'm not on track with everyone. Is it too late for me? Like, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. there. It was really difficult for me. Like, there was that stretch of like the Juan Pablo era, like, and post Juan Pablo, like a few years where like there were some bangers and then I just fell off it in like 2017. But I was like watching Bachelor in Paradise because I remember that was really good. Claire was a contestant on, she was in the top three in Juan Pablo season and she was like kind of a villain status. Like she just wasn't liked. Um, but well, I once was, you know some of the characters, that's what kind of keeps you going. Yeah, in the show. I just was such a 
like fan of Claire as a reality personality. I just loved watching. She was just so riveting to watch on TV. There was this moment on Bachelor in Paradise where producers trolled her so hard with the editing because she's having this like public... Like she's like sobbing on the steps and she's like, what did I do wrong? Like she's like talking out loud to herself (laughs) and the producers or like the camera people like managed to find a nearby raccoon. So they were in her cut. (laughs) So Claire's like doing this dramatic soliloquy and then the cameras keep cutting back to this raccoon that looks like it's listening to her. Oh my God. And it's one of the best things I've ever seen on reality TV. Like I think about it often. I'm sure you can find it like. Claire Crawley. Claire Crawley. Oh, my God. I loved watching that woman on TV. She was... Oh, my God. I see the raccoon. It was like... It was a thing. It was incredible. Like, the amount of trolling by producers. No, I mean, all it takes is you get one compelling contestant, and you're kind of like, I'm in for as long as they're here. Uh, Yeah. And I did watch Bachelor in Paradise, but I couldn't even remember what... The gimmick of that I is? forget what it Do, was. Is there also like a romance happening? There is a romance happening, but it's sort of like a free-for-all. As far as I remember it, it was sort of like Battle Royale. Like they all just like, who's going to end up with who? There's like a lot I didn't get to, so maybe we'll be able to do a follow-up episode at some point because there was a lot of Bachelor in Paradise stuff that I was just like, I can't. I'm just going to not go into that. Right. But there was a lot of stories um, from that that series alone. Right. Um, but yeah, that's that's all my stories. Well, Desi, that was really great, especially considering there's so much of these contestants I don't know, and it was still very entertaining. And I, I'm sure our listeners loved it too. Thank you. What a fun episode. I wanted to do a fun one before we go on break. Yeah, well, before you leave tonight, I know it's late, but we are going to do a bonus episode for Patreon. Yes. That's patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. There's a lot of stuff over there. There's all kinds of stuff. And I am going to get back to Criminal Minds Corner. Okay, good. I just, not on this one, but I'm, I'm going to start doing it again. No, it's just we, been a while. We have a very special holiday Patreon bonus episode that we're about to do. Yeah. Anyway. So check it out. Bye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.